to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'd like to feature a conversation I recently recorded with Samir Raina. Samir is a Global Executive MBA Format student in our class of 2020, and he is also a doctor. And Samir and I recently sat down to talk a little bit more about why he decided to pursue an MBA, why he thinks an MBA is valuable training uh, for doctors, how the program has helped him in the course of his work, as well as his advice for prospective students. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Samir Rain. Samir, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Brad. Thank you for having me. All right. So tell us a little bit about who you are. What's your background? Uh, what do you do? Sure. So I am Samir Rana. I, I'm an assistant professor of medicine in the Department of Cardiology at West Virginia University. I also happen to be the director of cardiac rehabilitation. So my work involves seeing patients with heart disease. I do research in cardiology. And uh, I also happen to teach residents and students and cardiology fellows. I did my medical school in India. I did my internal medicine residency in India. I came to States in 2010. And initially, I went to UCLA Harper for research. And after that, I happened to do my second residency in internal medicine and a cardiology fellowship at University of Arkansas before I joined at WVU as a faculty in 2016. So I've been working there since then, and Darden happened in 2018. All right. So a lot of different places, uh, India to L.A. to uh, Arkansas. <laughs> Arkansas, Morgantown, uh, and now D.C. Right. So um, you're a doctor. You've already been to a lot of school. Uh, how did you think through the decision to get an MBA? So, yeah, I mean, uh, as I said, 15 years of medical school and residency is already a lot of education. And I didn't plan for it in the beginning. It was not part of the plan. I was pretty much settled down at that time. Uh, when I joined West Virginia University as a faculty at that time, there was a lot of emphasis on cardiology uh, within the hospital setting. And they were building this new heart and vascular institute. So there was a lot of expansion going on. We were kind of buying into a lot of practices and I was kind of intrigued, like how that process happens, the business aspect of it. I knew I want to be part of it. I did not have the understanding of it. So I think that was a trigger for it. So the good thing was I had a great mentor and I talked to him about this and he said, if you are so much intrigued and interested in this business aspect of healthcare, then why don't you look into an MBA? So that got it carry on, and I talked to some of my friends who had done an MBA, and uh, all I got to hear was, if you really want to do it, don't delay it, just do it. You will never regret it. So that was the thing that initiated, and then I started looking into it, and Darden happened, probably the best choice I made. So um, I'm very interested uh, in a few things that you just said. Um, one of the things that some of the doctors that have been in our program have told me um, is the reason why they landed at Darden um, is because they felt like they needed that general management. They needed that broad foundation mm -hmm. in business. They, they knew a fair amount of healthcare, but they right. didn't know much about business. Right. Uh, does that resonate with you? Yes, yeah, so I, th I think it, it is. Uh, I think that's a true point of view because uh, when you look into a medical school curriculum or a residency or fellowship, there's not much emphasis on leadership 
or entrepreneurship or business of healthcare, which is actually a very integral part of what you do when you're taking care of patients. I mean, you get good with clinical aspect of it. You know what the patients want on one-on-one interaction. But if you really don't understand the dynamics, dynamics of the healthcare system as a whole, then I feel like you're lacking in what you can do for your patient population. So with that thought process, I think it's, it really helps if you have some idea of how healthcare works as an entity, who are the stakeholders and how you can reach to them in a better way. Uh, I think, and I say, you know, down the line, I think it might be, an, it might be catching up and, you know, it might be part of the curriculum down the line that you have some idea of the business aspect. But I do feel it's a great knowledge uh, that you can apply. And uh, I, I mean, I actually talked to one of my mentors and he said that every physician should be an MBA. I mean, he was so much into it. So I think, and I, and I have really, in the last two years that I've been here, I feel like um, being with different, you know, people, some of the jobs that people are doing, I never knew they existed. It has really broadened my mind about like how things can be done better, not just healthcare wise, but in life in general. So I think it's a great tool that you need to be having in your kit if you really want to expand yourself. So how did you learn about Darden? Um, how, did, how did our program get on your radar? So I started like looking into different programs and, you know, you all have your variables that you want to, you know, set of things that you want to have for sure. I always wanted to go to one of the top 10 programs in the country that was not and fit into that. Um, but I think the, tr- the, the culminating point was the class visit. I think that was probably the best thing I did. And it was just a whim because I was like, you know, should I drive for three and a half hours just for like a one hour lecture? Uh, I already know it's a good program, but shall I, shall I come here just to see what's happening? And, you know, I heard so much about the case method and I was like kind of intrigued by the case method, what it's all about. It's like, let me just go and see what it is. And I came here and I still remember it was a Zara case and it was Operation Professor Weiss. He was the one who was teaching it. And I distinctly remember there was so much energy in the class. I mean, there was so much energy. You know, you had so different ideas. Like, I felt like I, I knew more about Zara than, than I had ever known in my life, even though I was more of a passive listener at that time. So the case method really, you know, brings about, you know, why is it important to have diversity in the class? Because when you have diversity, you have different point of views, and then you kind of relate to those point of views. And then you know it's not about your point of view or somebody else's is the best point of view that you pick up. So I think that is the, you know, the entity case method. I think I really related to that during the class visit. And I knew that I had to come to Darden. I stopped looking anywhere else. And I, don't, I think it was very early in the application season when I applied. And I was like, I'm pretty much done. I, like, I'm going to go to Darden. is going to be my place. And I did not even apply anywhere else. I was like, this is the place I want to be. Well, we're big fans of the class visit. I think for the reason that you just, or a variety of reasons, but certainly uh, the reason you just articulated. Uh, for many of our prospective students, the case method is a little bit mysterious, maybe yes. a little bit intimidating. Um, the idea that you're going to have to speak up. Yes. Um, most people have not been in an educational experience where that's been, a, you know, sort of a requirement that participation is a pretty good chunk of your grade. I think people come and they sit in the class and they feel the energy and it's very collaborative. It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, you you do get intimidated in, in, in the beginning. It's kind of intimidating because you feel like, 
what if I say something and it doesn't make sense? And that's like a very human thing to have because, first of all, you don't know all these people yet. You don't feel like, uh, you know, if you say something and, uh, and you, you need to be in a safe place. And I think that's the best thing about having the LR1. When we had the first week of LR1, you know, you were slowly and kind of given this idea that this is a level ground. Like you can say whatever you want to say here. Nobody's judging you. We want you to say. So I think after the first one week in the first one quarter, as you go up with the classes, you feel much more open. You feel more receptive. Not only you feel like what you have to say, but you are much more understanding of what other people have to say about something. So and that actually leads to a great discussion. I don't know how other MBA programs really function without the case method because I think I don't think it can be any better than the case method. So I give full credit to this, and I'm personally not a, at this part of time, 15 years down the line. As I said, I don't think I can open a book and literally read from a book as much as I can learn from my peers and faculty during the class session. You make such a good point there. Uh, what's going to keep you engaged now as someone with significant work experience who's Absolutely. come here after a long week of work, right? And so it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you got a busy life. If you had to sit through lectures or PowerPoints or this or that and the other thing without being able to speak up, uh, not only is it a missed opportunity, I think it would just be boring. It's, it's, it would be difficult to go through it because, you know, you have to understand the content is so dense. You know, you, you know uh, if you, especially if you don't have the background. So if you're a physician point of view, you're going to an accounts class, you're going to a finance class, or an operations. A lot of us don't have the background. We've never done it before. And it's your team that helps you in the beginning because you have a team of four or five people and they really help you. And that's one of the beauty of Darden is they set you up in such a way that it, whatever your limitations are being fulfilled by your team members. So you have a safe space to begin with. You have a small discussion before you come to the class and then you come to the class and then you learn so much within the class. So you do have to read before the class. You cannot just go like that without reading about the case. But, you know, uh, it, it does, it's never boring. It's not like, you know, you want this class to finish. Every class has something to offer, no matter how dense the material is. By the end of it, you feel like you learn something. So how do you juggle everything that's on your plate? Uh, this is a very common question here yes. on the Exec MBA podcast, because I think so many of our prospective students are trying to figure out how they're going to fit Darden into their schedule or an executive MBA into their schedule. So you're a physician. Uh, you're, you're a faculty member. Yes. Uh, it's a very busy, uh, yes. busy life. Uh, you obviously have personal commitments as well. Uh, now you're here. Uh, yeah. How do you do it? Yeah, I think it's it's a very important question, and I think like everybody who plans to do an MBA has to even start before they start MBA, and they have to plan very early on because it is a commitment. No matter what you say, it is a commitment for two years, and. If you really want something good in life, you have to put in the effort. So, I mean, you have to be clear with your employee. You have to be clear with the people that you work with that, hey, you know, for the next two years, you're going to do an MBA. You're going to go to Darden or you're going to go to other program, whichever you may decide. But it is a commitment and I may or may not be available for a certain period of time. I have my classes during this time. You know, is it okay? with? So you have to clear with them. And I think the most important part is going to be your family because, it's not just you are doing the MBA. I'm pretty much sure the whole family is doing MBA at the same time because uh, you may have to miss some event at home. You may not be present at a particular function. But 
you know, as you go through this process, MBA, uh, the result is, the reward is pretty much amazing and you will feel that it was all worth it. But yes, you do have to commit yourself. For me, and, you know, uh, I, being a junior faculty, I'm like probably the junior most faculty, and I have a busy schedule. I start like seven o'clock in the morning and I'm done by five. That's my regular day. And on every sixth week, I have call. So during call, I work from seven to five, but then I'm on call for 24 hours. I get called anytime at night and whatever. And then you have to come for a procedure. But what I'm trying to say, if I can do it, I mean, anybody can do it. it you just have to be committed to the fact that for the next two years, I have to be managing my time. I have to read for the class. I need to get the best out of this experience because ultimately, as I said, you know, the end result of it is worth it. So, yeah, I mean, there has to be some commitment towards the program. Uh, you may or may not be able to do everything at home, but, you know, you have to balance it out. Your point about the whole family getting an MBA is uh, one that has been shared on this podcast before, and it is the thing that we stress uh, with all of our all of our prospective students that when you really do this effectively, everyone feels bought into it, and they feel like they're a part of it too. Mm -hmm. And most of our students, by the time they get to graduation, they kind of want their whole family to, to be there and be to there. be celebrated for it because yes. it is everyone's accomplishment. Yes, absolutely. I think. Uh, I would, and I will use this podcast to tell my wife thank you for, for helping me out because I'm doing the gimbal one, which is like I have to be out for a week to maybe go to India or China, which is a great opportunity. I could never have imagined doing that otherwise. So it's a great opportunity for me to learn, but at the same time, it's a sacrifice that my spouse is making at the same time. So she did not choose it; it was my choosing. But she's an active participant because. She gets to be alone and she has to do her stuff. So I think I'm not the only one in this boat. Everybody is in the same kind of a sphere. So, yes, I think families, without family support, I'm sure everybody in this class would say that they would not be able to manage it, especially, you know, people who have kids and all those things. It might, it might become a little challenging too. But to the end of every sentence, I say it's all worth it at the end of the day. So you are getting ready to go back to India, I yes. should say. And, and by that, I mean, you're from India. Quarter <laughs> yes. 8 Global Residency is in India. Uh, that will be your fourth Global Residency. Yes. Uh, are you excited about that trip? Yes. So it might be a chance for me to see India in a different way because now I'm going as a Darden student. Uh, I, you know, I was born in India and I lived most of my life there. And I came to the States in 2010. So... Uh, so I have an understanding of India, but this time around it would be a different context because I have not understood the business aspect of India, how business is being done. Uh, so it would be exciting, and I hope that I can share some of my experiences with my colleagues who are going to be there. So it's going to be a cultural experience, and I hope for us other people who are coming to India, it's going to be a great experience. What led you to become a Gimba format student? Uh, you could have done the executive MBA format. You chose the global executive MBA yes. format. I'm, I'm curious, uh, what were the drivers in that decision? Actually, from the very beginning, I wanted to do a global. And that's one more thing about Darden. I, I don't think there's any other program in the country which is as good as a global MBA from Darden. That much I can assure you because I think this is one of the programs which takes you to these places uh, let's say Brazil, you're going to Japan or Cuba or India or China, Europe. 
and it's very strategic like it's in the sense you know when we are going to europe we have classes on ethics and you know when we had like when we went to germany recently we had ethics and ethics like is inbound in germany like the whole atmosphere and the way business is done in germany is like ethics i'm not saying it's not anywhere else but that's kind of the breeding place for ethics when we going to india is marketing how do you apply marketing to such a diverse country which is 1.3 billion population tons of languages tons of like hundreds of dialects so how do you market a product in a country like india so i think the idea behind the global mba is you're picking up the best of different countries and seeing that context being applied in that atmosphere and it's also a way to understand the cultural aspects of different countries uh, as a student so for me it has been a very rewarding experience uh, whether it's been to going to china or europe or to going to brazil and now i'm looking forward for the india trip so i think uh, in my mind I'll, i'll love to travel but this is like a two things happening at one time so i'm learning a lot of different countries and then at the same time i get to have the cultural experience so you also are uh, you know at least one quarter away from the elective period yes um so we've been asking on the podcast uh, second year students uh, what electives they're planning to take uh, how what was your sort of philosophical approach uh, to your elective scheduling so um I so one of the reasons for actually for me to do an MBA was to understand the leadership context. So anything that's that exposes me to the idea of leadership um that was always going to be up front. So anything any um so like let's let me let me put the the electives that I have is like ethics. So because I think as a leader if you are not ethical if you don't understand the ethical context of practicing business you can never be successful so my electives were kind of roped in toward the leadership context uh, like i i don't understand it, like much of like for example merger and acquisition so that was not the top priority for me uh, or maybe investment banking is not top priority for me so there are electives available for that so but not for me so for for me it was more about leadership context entrepreneurship which i'm doing in this this quarter uh and i wanted to do in healthcare elective uh so so i understand the healthcare aspect of it so it, it's more i think it that's the beauty of electives you can always choose it according to what you're going to get out of this mba program and the beauty of darden is that you actually have so much options in there uh like when i actually um joined the mba program i was thinking does it have enough from a healthcare perspective or not or should have applied to a program which is just healthcare mba but now i realize this is the better option and because you need to have the core business skills from which you can build upon so you need to have some understanding of accounts you need to have some understanding of finance or operations and then if you want for example i'm going to take an healthcare elective so that's on top of it so yes uh, there are plenty of options um, my options were more in context for leadership and entrepreneurship and I'm excited about it. You actually answered my question. Uh we get so many or my next question. We get so many questions from doctors about to do an MBA like, you know, general management MBA at Darden versus the healthcare focused MBA. This is I would yeah. say amongst medical professionals the number one question. Yeah, I mean I, I you know, I believe there are programs which provide you with healthcare 
a related MBA, but then I think it's just too focused. And it, you know, as I said before, you never know what you would like. I have a friend of mine. He's a healthcare professional doctor. He wants to do investment banking now after getting an MBA. So if you really want to see what the world has to offer, what you can possibly do, I would say stick to a general MBA because you don't know what exists there. And that's the, that's the thing. When you are practicing in healthcare business, you have done a medical school, you have gone to residency, you've gone to fellowship, you're a doctor. You never see anything beyond it. So if you want to do an MBA, that's one opportunity for you to see something that you have not seen before. You have to see that so that you may switch or may not switch. You may become an entrepreneur, but you have to give yourself that opportunity to kind of see what all is available. So for me, it was it was a no-brainer. I, I felt like I need to have the core skills, at least some understanding of it. And maybe, maybe, I, maybe I'm not part of healthcare anymore. I, maybe I'm an entrepreneur who is related to healthcare. Maybe I do something else. But you will not have that opportunity if you're very specialized into, a, for example, a healthcare, healthcare MBA. I also think about the mix of people in the classroom. Uh, I wonder, uh, certainly in a general management uh, program, you're going to have a lot of different kinds of people in the room, not just doctors. Uh, so there, there are a few doctors in your class. Yes. Um, we've had one of the other doctors here on the podcast, Abigail Pape, yes. who's been on the yes. podcast. I talked with her about some of these same things. Uh, but the mix of people is, is different than the mix you encounter every day. And to your earlier point about the case method, I wonder if that's also been the value of the program. It's absolutely. I think... Uh, for any MBA program, that would be one of the criteria that you look at when you're joining an MBA program. What is the diversity in the class? Uh, you don't want all investment bankers to be there. You don't want all physicians to be there. You don't want all journalists to be there or all engineers to be there. So not only professionally, but you know, country-wise, racial-wise, or gender-wise, one of the strong aspects of MBA is how diverse it is because then you have because you have to realize the fact that you are not just learning from the faculty. Actually, most of the learning happens through your peers. Faculty just orchestrate, you know, they just kind of synchronize the learning from, from different peers, from different people within the class. So they organize the thing, but then you learn from the peers a lot. So I think the idea of having a diverse class from different point of views, um, it really strengthens the the quality of the discussion that you're going to have and the learning that you're going to have from the class. So if you're looking into MBA class, definitely look into how diverse it is because that's the range you're going to actually learn from the class. So you still have some work left to do. Uh, you're not quite done, as we mentioned, in quarter eight. Uh, yeah. You've got your India Global Residency courses coming up. You've got quarters nine and ten, and obviously LR2. Um, what has been the value of the program to you so far? I'm curious, uh, do you feel like it's had an impact for you? Uh, do you feel like you're a different different person? Do you think about problems differently now? Absolutely, absolutely. I truly believe it actually changes your thought process. Um, I think a lot of people feel like MBA is all about business. I, I don't think so. I think it's more about how you approach life. Uh, it can be related to very small context of how you... T- go to a grocery store and pick up groceries, or it may be how you drive to your workplace. So I think the concept of efficiency, to be lean, um, 
to be effective. Uh, so that's one part of it. Then how to be leader, better leader, how to be an entrepreneur. So all those things. So it's not just about the business. That's what my, my point is. It's, it's more than that. So if I look at myself personally, almost one, one and a half year back when I started, and now when I see myself, I think one of the strong points is that I am more observant. Uh, I tend to pick up people, but their point of views, and try to absorb their point of views. And as I said earlier, it's not about my point of view or their point of view is the best point of view on the table. So that understanding that you develop, the value that you develop for what people are saying and what people do, and to get it the best out of it and practice it down the line, you can only learn it in, in an environment like this. So I think uh, an MBA is more than a business class. It's about like how you approach life as a whole. Oftentimes when people think of business people, uh, they think about ego and a lot of sort of, you know, that, that kind of mentality. Uh, I'm always struck by the fact that when we have people on the podcast talking about their learning experience, uh, invariably they talk about how much they learn from others and how they quickly realize that like maybe they don't have the answer. Um, <laughs> Which seems like, a, 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 honestly, the culture of, the, of this place, it's, it's a very Darden thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, yeah, that I think I could not have a better example than myself when, because, you know, as I said, you know, I don't have the background for a lot of things that actually are being taught in the class. So when I started off, we had, like, accounts and, you know, operations and finance and destiny analysis, and I was, like, so much dependent on my team. And I could not have done it without their presence. No way I could have done with it. So I think a lot what Darden inculcates as is, you know, the relationships that you build while you're here. So some of the people that I know from my team or in the class, I have become like so much like friendly and I know them so much personally. So I know this is a person I can depend for the rest of my life. So that's one more point to add that MBA is not just about, uh, you know, learning what in the class. Obviously it is, but it's also about relationship building, networking, the alumni, the, you know, all those things put together. So uh, when you come here, you may be an expert in something. You would not know everything. You will have to ask for help, but there will be a lot of help available. So that's the beauty of it. I'm going to ask you a deeper question, somewhat related to that. Uh, I imagine there's, some, uh, there's someone with your background who's a physician, uh, obviously accomplished, you know, fac- faculty member, uh, um, you know, you've done a lot in your career. You may not have had to ask for a lot of help recently or been in an environment where you felt like what was being discussed was something you really didn't know very much about. Um, how did you get comfortable with that feeling, um, which yeah, I think can be challenging? It can be because, you know, here I was, you know, I did, you know, I felt like, oh, I did a lot of work I have done, you know, these many residencies and all this education. And then you're back to ground zero, where you actually don't know anything. Uh, and you you are shy and hesitant in the beginning to accept the fact that you don't know. But then, then you realize that this is a very safe environment. Here, you can make mistakes. That's what you're supposed to. You can make mistakes. I, for my, I mean, this is a true thing. For the first time in my life, August of 2018, that's when I opened a spreadsheet and did something on it. I've never done anything on a spreadsheet before. So I was so much naive and I was so much hesitant at the same time. But 
I had great team members. I had great classmates and I had a great faculty so I can go to them and, you know, ask them questions anytime. And I would never, ever get a sense of skepticism in the sense like, why doesn't he know this thing or something? So, you know, it, it takes a little time. It may take you a week or a month or something, but then you realize that everybody has something to offer and everybody has something to learn. So you give your best while you try to get the best out of it. So that's how I approached it. And I think because of the immense support I had, I feel like I have learned a lot in the last one year. So Samir, I, I typically ask uh, everybody the same last question. Um, and, and that really is, now that you're here, you know, roughly almost 16 months into the program, uh, with the finish line insight, um, what advice would you share with a prospective student? And it can be anything from why, you know, why MBA to sort of tactical advice about, you know, the application process, why Darden, uh, what advice would you share? So first of all, if you have this thing that you want to do an MBA and you just have a thought about it, then you better do it right now. I mean, I don't think there's anything better that you can think about doing to your career than to do an MBA is an, is an amazing experience. Um, definitely come for a class visit. See for yourself what it's all about. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Uh, the case method is an amazing method to learn, especially if you are already established in your career, you have a short of time, and it's a great way to learn from your peers, from your classmates. Um, be uh, a kind of inquisitive about learning. Keep off your ego, as you said. You cannot be here and uh, say, assume that you know everything because you you don't. Uh, talk to your family. Very important. Talk to your family. Tell them that you are going to be busy for a couple of years. At the end of the day, this is going to be an amazing journey. You're going to learn a lot. It's going to be a once-in-a-lifetime kind of, kind of experience for you. The advice that we so often hear is talk to your family early and talk to your family often, often. Uh, during the during the program. Please do that. Yeah, Please one of the, one of the things that's exciting, um, our class of 2021, they're just getting started. You probably mm -hmm. remember when you were a brand yes. new brand new student. Um, it takes a little while to get your your sea legs, so to speak, on on those first weekend residencies. You can kind of feel the nerves a little bit. As yes, yes, you in. do, you do. And I still remember the LR one. Um, you know, I was just actually driving from Morgantown to Charlottesville and I had this, I was like, oh my God, tomorrow is going to be the first day. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know anybody there. I have no idea about these cases. And, you know, it's, it's a mixture of excitement. It's a, it's a little bit of anxiety too. Um, but as I said, it, it, it all comes true. And after, after a little while, you see everybody is in the same pool, like everybody's there. They all are excited. They all have their anxieties a little bit. But Darden creates a kind of a level ground. It creates, and they will emphasize you so many times in the LR1, this is the time you make mistakes. This is a safe place for you. You got to learn. You, you got to commit to yourself, say something wrong or right, but just keep going with that. So I think, uh, you know, the way it's been set up within a very short span of time, you really get into it. And once you're into it, you know, it's, it's, it's just an amazing experience. This first few quarters, it takes, it takes a little while. We it always does. tell people, just get through the first two quarters. Quarter three, it all starts to click in for you. And certainly where y'all are, uh, being around for, for these residencies, yes. you're all pros with this. Yes. I think it's like Q2 is like the peak of it. 
and then it plateaus by Q3, and then it's like, okay, I got it. So I think by Q4, you are like, you know what to do, you get a sense of it, you have great team, you have friends that you love, you enjoy yourself, and by, you know, I'm Q7, finishing Q7, right now it just feels like a breeze. I mean, actually, I get excited when I come to the class in the morning, it's like, okay, so what are we going to talk about today? What is going to be discussion? And what are the things that I'm going to say? So now it's like, it's very, very fun. I think the first few quarters are a little hard work because you're trying to get into the system. You're trying to understand a little bit of it and you're trying to make new relationships and friends. By Q3, you are pretty much into it. And I think after that, it's, a, it's pretty much a breeze. It's a good experience, a great experience. Well, Samir, uh, thank you for taking time out of your Saturday evening to record this podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you. It's uh, been a pleasure. Um, always great spending time with you. It's been fantastic to see your class progress through this. And, uh, you know, best of luck and safe travels to India. You Thank have you to, so much. You have to let us know about it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. And that was my conversation with Samir Raymond, a Global Executive MBA format student in our class of 2020. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. And as always, until next time, thanks for listening.